<laughs> Sounds good. Hey, welcome to Eye on the Illini. You heard Brad Sturdy there. We've got Kedrick Prince. We are talking the post-game breakdown of the Minnesota victory where the Illini won their second highly improbable victory on the road over a team that was ranked in the top 20. So unbelievably, Illinois is still four and six. They need to win two games to qualify for a bowl, including a third highly improbable road victory over a top 20 team. That would be Iowa. And that's just where we are right now. Brad, thoughts on this uh, exciting? Well, exciting is not the right word for it, but this game that kept you right on the edge of, you know, KO pectate. (laughs) I I would say um, Illinois, the defense, Ryan Walters, fantastic job. I just thought they did a great job controlling the line of scrimmage um, and also putting Minnesota in deficit plays, making them be a a throwing team and did a great job with pass. Their their pressure from the front four and the blitz packages, just what a great game for him. Just a great game plan. Held him to six points to score, you know, late, and then they missed the extra point even. So that was great. Uh, the other observation I have is that um, Illinois Illinois ended the streak by scoring in the first quarter, a touchdown in the first quarter, but they have a new streak going right now. They now have not scored in the second half in two consecutive games. So that's a streak to watch for the future. Um, I'm not sure they're trying to score sometimes in the second half after they get a lead. But And then the last thing I'll say is, um, at the end of the day, you know, you, you say at Iowa's not going to be a realistic win, and I don't know if it is or not. It wouldn't shock me with this team. They beat Iowa and lose to Northwestern. I mean, yeah. but because let's let's be honest, the the disappointing for me right now is this team is like they could be eight and two. I mean, it, just a couple decisions, couple plays, a tackle, a, a penalty. They're they could have won every game except for two. I mean, so that's a good thing for the future. It's also maybe a bad thing for this year. You think we gave, you know, they gave away a few, but it also tells you that if you can compete right now with this roster, you get a talented roster, maybe you can do some things. Well, and and what scares me is a couple things, I guess. First off, for those people, and there are a very um, concentrated group of Illinois fans who just don't like Bielma ball, and it is not aesthetically pleasing, so I'm not arguing that. But he is proving with lesser talent that you can do quite a few uh, – you can cause quite a few problems with this style of play as paint-drying, boring it can be at times. Um, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting was in the second quarter, you know, Illinois had the ball – three times before then, you know, uh, that I consider real drives. They started the ball with the ball in the 22, the nine and the 10. And it seemed like with a 14 to nothing lead and bad field position that they decided we're going to, you know, really draw in um, our uh, claws and we're going to be like a turtle and kind of hide in the shell for the rest of the game. And I just wonder if we had got the ball a couple times in a little bit better field position, maybe they had kept the would have kept the uh, foot on the accelerator a little bit. I don't know, Kedrick. What were your thoughts of the game? Well, as Brad mentioned, this could have been this probably could be the best A two team or worst A two team in the country. It's this. It's hard to figure out. I mean, it, it, it is, and I mean, it is. I mean, listen, it's boring. 
it is extremely boring to watch anybody who can sit here and tell us that this is entertaining and fun. You're lying to us and to yourself. And the thing is, I don't know. You know, we've talked about this on many shows. Is it really a talent issue? Because here's why. You know, Ryan Walters has this defense playing great. And I think personally, he should be talked about nationally. I mean, look at how many points they've given up in the last seven or eight games, six, seven games. He has done a tremendous job with, according to us, less talent. So the, I just wish – I'm not going to sit tonight, today, and harp on the offensive coordinator. I'm not going to do that. But gosh darn it, give yourself a chance. I mean, you can run to be a running football team, but not so predictable. Give yourself – give the team a chance. Everybody – Everybody watching the game who was at the game, you know, calling the game, you knew it was going to be a run play. If you get a first down or get put yourself a chance to get a field goal, this game's over. And you don't have to be sitting here like today hoping you got to go to Iowa to win Iowa. That's going to be a tough game. But, again, not, you know, being a homer to to Brad Sturdy here, they'll probably beat Iowa and lose Northwestern. He's probably right because I have no hair left, not even any that I can even remotely pull out. And it's frustrating because, truthfully, this team lost a lot of games that they really should have won with these. I mean, they really should have. That's my rant. You never apologize for a win. You, you take the win. But if they don't get to a bowl game this year, and I'm not saying they deserve to go, but it's going to be extremely depressing because they have let a lot of games slip away. Well, you've got six games that are that were decided by a touchdown and a two-point conversion or less. And Illinois has went three and three in those games. And you certainly, um, you know, you, you just think, you know, you beat Nebraska, you beat Penn State and Minnesota both on the road. Um, and then somehow you managed to lose to UTSA you also lose to Maryland and you lose to Purdue. Um, and again, the Maryland game, you know, you look at, I'm sorry. And, and, and the other one was Rutgers. So there's a seventh game there. Um, and, and you look at the, the Maryland and the Rutgers and you're like, man, what could this be? Yeah, I think Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers are all games that the and UTSA for that matter. I mean, they had a chance to win UTSA too. Yep. But the, the one thing, the only place I will say this, I feel like there's some good young players on the defense. Maybe it's coaching, maybe it's talent. We can go. I don't feel the same way about the quarterback position and the wide receiver position. I feel like those are where they don't have a great deal of talent. They don't have guys. I mean, you know, and I know it's different, but you watch the guys at Ohio State running on their yeah. patterns, their wide receivers. It's ridiculous how open those guys get. I mean, Brandon Peters would look good at Ohio State with those receivers. Well, maybe. I think he would. Look good. Nope. But, nope. No. Don't do it. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. Sorry. So, but, but, you know, you, you get my you, – you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it I does make it. a huge difference. And, and the other thing is, like – I just feel like you have to have a quarterback, I think, to – it's got to be – I'm not saying you have to have a quarterback who's like, you know, you don't have to have a Michael Vick or Russell Wilson or somebody. I mean, you don't have to have a great quarterback, college quarterback, but you got to have a good college quarterback and, and to win. You're winning yep. it, and they don't have one. Um, I, here's my here's my <laughs> thing I tweeted. For Illinois, in their last five Big Ten games, they've scored 47 points during regulation, not counting the overtime and two-point conversion stuff against Penn State. Today, North Carolina and Wake Forest is 58-55. So they both outscored Illinois over five-game stretch today. 
So that tells you where the offense is, and that's really kind of astonishing. You're four and six with that level of putrid offense. I mean, you know, could you imagine if they were just average? And, and, and you're exactly right. I don't think fans are asking them to put up 45, 50 points a game, but there's no way in the world at the Division One level, at the Big Ten level, you can't score 30 points. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't remember. I don't have the stats in front of me. Have they scored 30 points, 35 points this year at all? I'm They've scored, Ted, they have scored um, 30, 30 points twice against Nebraska and UTSA. UTSA. And we did not know that we should have rationed those points because <laughs> we would need every single one of them. So I guess we should have been pushing for, you know, to beat Nebraska 23 to 22, and we could have saved that touchdown and gotten um, at least one more victory down the stretch here. It would have been nice. Just, I mean, you know, we a lot of people parked on this group of seniors, and it would be nice just for, also from a recruiting standpoint because they're going to get players. They're going to get players in the transfer portal. If you are a quarterback and you're going to be in the transfer portal and you look at what Illinois needs, if you're a receiver who's on a two-deep roster, maybe not getting enough minutes, you're going to walk into a great situation and play because I'll tell you what, this defense is amazing. I just – that's all they're missing. And if they could sustain and do what Wisconsin and do what Iowa does, the Wild Wild West is going to be entertaining for years to come because Minnesota's not going anywhere. And those other few teams, you know, I'm sure Nebraska's probably going to be looking for a new coach real soon, but the West is going to be a, a, a good conference. Good. I don't think it'll be great, but it'll be good. Um, yep. But I, and I also feel like, you know, um, Bielma is probably better than Chris. And Barron's is getting old. And I'm sorry, I just have a hard time with PJ. So I'm biased. I, I just don't think he's that great of a coach. So obviously I'm the wrong one there. But um, I, I feel like Bielma is going to be in good position in the West. Um, and I also think if you're a kid that you watch the two nationally broadcast Illini games, you know, Penn State and um, Minnesota, you got to be thinking, man, I can go there and especially quarterback wide receiver, I can go there and play right away. And if you look at that defense, you say that defense is solid, but there's plenty of openings for good players and look what they do. You know, um, you know, I can see where a good player on defense might say that this is a great place to go to. So um, I, I got to think that, that coach B is going to be hitting that portal hard, 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 you know, I think they have some. I think they have some guys in mind already that we probably just don't know about, which is good because that's what good coaches do. Yep. And and if I would have told you, Brad, that today Illinois was going to put up 14 points in the first quarter on the road against Minnesota, and then somehow make those 14 points enough to win, how would you have taken that? I would have probably told you you're insane. Um, <laughs> And 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 the, be honest, that's basically if you think back, they've done this before. Like I mean, this is every game where it's like we're gonna find. And it came down to today was like three or four possessions. And Minnesota can move the ball, but in those other games, been like we got to get one stop to win the game, or we got to get one first down, and they couldn't do it. You know, today you saw it was fourteen sticks. They get the ball back, and they were able to get three first downs. How huge was? I mean, they 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 were able to get those first downs that they needed to get. Uh, kudos to, by the way, kudos to, how about Chase Brown? Is Chase Brown an all Big Ten back? I think so. How about the job that that kid has done running the football? He is fantastic. Tough. 
just oh. tough, run through holes. And I mean, he doesn't stop at the point of contact. He's just a tough, tough guy. I mean, it's too bad because, you know, Michigan State has that stud up there, but Chase has just been amazing. I mean, and, the, and you know what? Let's give credit today, too, to the offensive line today. They opened up a lot of holes against a good defensive front from Minnesota. Well, yeah, it, Minnesota giving up 93 yards rushing a game coming into this game, and Illinois ran the ball very, very well. Hundred What they have, 180 yards rushing or something like that? Yes, ran down their throats. I mean, that's Big Ten football, a Bielema ball, as, as Mike called it. Yeah. Well, the other thing I thought was interesting about Chase is, you know, he had 32 carries, 153 yards, and literally every time he got the ball, everybody knew that he was going to get the ball. I mean, there's, there's like, there's no, there's no if, ands, or buts. And I thought that was, that was really interesting. The other thing is, is I look at a, a one play that I really was frustrated by was the late hit personal foul by Barker. Yes. Now, now, you know, you wonder what could have happened without that lack of discipline, you know, cause you, you take that 15 yard penalty and you move that and it was after the play and, so you move that the ball back on an offense that can't afford to, yeah. to lose five yards, and, and you lose it down, yeah. and you lose it down there. Yep, yep. And oh, so goes after the play. Yes, exactly. And so, and so, to me, I look at that one play, and I wonder, you know, with a little bit more self discipline, um, could they have taken the ball down, at least got a field goal, made the made the end of the game, maybe a little less uh, stressful. The other thing that I really I, I looked at is when when Minnesota had the ball down there on the three yard line and you forced them, even with a penalty, you forced them to take over a minute to score and they have to do it on fourth down. I really admired the 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 pressure that the defense put on Minnesota and and that gap in time really changed the game for later on. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought that was huge. I think um you know, and let's be honest, Minnesota was six and two. They're ranked twentieth. Did you think they were the, coming into coming into this season? Do you think they were the twenty twentieth best team in the country with all their injuries? I mean, I, I didn't. Nope. You know, but I, you know, so so again, it's it's good. I mean, when Illinois beat Penn State, it's a good good win too. But I didn't think Penn State was the fifth best, seventh best team in the country either. Probably. So I think that you know, there doesn't mean it's not a good win. It's a good win on the road. Um, against a team you need to beat if you want to win your division in the Big Ten, so that's that's really important. But but at the same time, I think um, you know I, I think Minnesota was a bit overrated too. I mean I, I think we they're a little bit on a pedestal just because of their record. But I really like I just really liked what what Illinois is doing defensively though, man. I I can't say enough about the pressure they're getting from the front side, the blitz packages they're running, um, and and the secondary. Is getting better. Yes. Remember, remember earlier in the year when we'd like be out here. Oh, they're just letting them catch seven yard passes. They're just letting them do this. They're just letting them do. This. Well, now they're actually making plays. Yeah. 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 So, Adams. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. So, so let's let's wrap up, uh, Brad and Ked, with your with your guys's thoughts, and let you get on with your afternoon, and then we'll call in Matt Stevens, who's actually sitting there live in Minneapolis. But uh, Brad, what are your uh, what are your wrap up thoughts here? I mean, it's a it's a game, Illinois. You know, we talked about it, Illinois. These games, they have a chance to win because you know these teams are flawed. But Illinois got the job done, and, and that's what it comes down to. And it's not the prettiest football, but winning football is still winning football. And, and you'll take the win right now, especially in your first year of, as a coach. Yeah, winning ugly is still winning. Ted, what are your thoughts? Well, like I said earlier, you never ever 
apologize for a win. It was ugly, and they got four wins on the season. Next week should be fun, especially where I live in the Quad Cities, you know, with the Iowa-Illinois rivalry. I think that will be great. Um, I think there's a possible chance Illinois could beat Iowa. Um, is it a great chance? No. I'm kind of curious to see what the spread will be. But the, the way the defense is playing and they're not giving up a lot of points and if they can muster, of, you know, 20, 24 points, I like their chances. And then after that, you know, it's the home game against Northwestern. It's just nice to see them compete. And you can see the future long term. I mean, this has been ugly, but they've given themselves a chance to win. And if they can win six games this year, that'd be truly amazing. Great, great. Well, Brad and Ked, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. And of course, we've got, uh, for those folks who are uh, thinking about this, we are going to have, there's going to be 30 for 30 coming out next week. So you want to tune in. And if you haven't heard his latest, uh, go out there because uh, the St. Rita coach is talking about a bunch of uh, very talented players that he has on his roster. It's well worth listening to. And of course, we will be uh, covering the Illini opener against Jackson State on uh, Tuesday. And so we're all looking forward to that. Thanks, Brad and Ked. Thanks for everything that's happening on your end. Uh, we appreciate everything. And of course, your recruiting roundup came out last week as well. So please go to IlliniGuys.com. You can get the latest stuff right there. And if you subscribe, then you get all the stuff that Ked and Brad talk about from a re recruiting standpoint that are back on our message boards and our forums that you can't get anywhere else. So you'll want to do that. Thanks, guys. Thanks. So, Matt, you are, you're up there in Minnesota, and you got a chance to enjoy uh, one of the warmest games that I think Minnesota has seen in November. Give us your thoughts on what happened this afternoon and what, what you're thinking uh, maybe we should be taking away from that. It's a balmy 51 degrees here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Mr. Cagley. Uh, here's the deal. Um, I heard I heard Sturdy and, and Ked talk about how this win was ugly. Um, I think Brett Bielema thought the victory formation looked sexy as hell. And, and that's really all it really comes down to for me. I, 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 I've come to the conclusion that this team's going to want to run the football, and they did it 33 times with Chase Brown today, which I never thought he could do in his Illinois career. I never thought he would be a 25, 30 carry guy. Um, sure enough, he's a 25, 30 carry guy. Uh, and I just think Illinois did exactly what they wanted to do on both sides of the ball from a physicality standpoint, and then hung on to the idea that I think their defense could carry this one home. And I think they got stuck in a second quarter where they just got pinned and didn't really want to turn the ball over and create a momentum deal here because for, 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 this being a pretty sporadic crowd today at Minnesota, which I was kind of surprised by, um, it was near the student section and it was, it was full in both levels and, and they tend to get after it. Um, and so I, I think they avoided the major malfunction that would have derailed, you know, the momentum that they had built up in the 14 to nothing lead. And um, you're just seeing steps, step by step of Illinois just continuing to get a little bit better and a little bit better at, at, at certain things. And like, for instance, how to start a football game. And they scored on the opening, scored seven points on the opening drive. And um, that hadn't happened in a while. And they got some turnovers today. And um, I mean, Tanner Morgan is just completely out of sync. And I don't think it's just because Tanner Morgan's seeing ghosts. I think it's because he thinks he saw 
14, 15 Illini line up on every play. And it's because there was somebody in his grill every time he wanted to step back and throw. Um, I would make the argument, and I think people are going to go, Jesus, Stevens, what the hell are you smoking up there in Minneapolis? But I think Illinois got the better quarterback play today. Yeah, and I, I don't agree. know if there's a, I don't know if there's a game that I have honestly felt that about, um, you know, coming out even after Illinois wins. Illinois got better, better quarterback play today, and they got a better pass rush today. And against an offensive line that was that was lauded as this big, massive physical deal that was just going to roll over Illinois, I felt like Illinois won the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I'll give you a stat: is that you know, Minnesota comes in today having only given up nine sacks in eight games. Illinois got six today. Okay. Now that means to me, I, I'm, I'm going to love this. Is I'll give you a hint. This is my film review coming out of this game. How many times did Illinois have those sacks on third down? And you know how you get those sacks on third down? You win first and second down too. And so from that standpoint, I think from a physicality standpoint, Illinois deserved to win this football game. And from an execution standpoint, they hung on. This offense hung on long enough that – uh, relied on its defense, just keeps getting better and better every day. And, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, I don't think this is a mystery either. Uh, man, I, I keep looking over the Big Ten. I think Illinois has got the best defensive coordinator in the Big Ten, and I think they have the best defensive staff in the Big Ten. And I, 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 I don't know what that means for 2021, but, but if everybody stays together, I think it could mean big things for 2022 and 2023. And I think that that's what that's what Bielema was banking on right now is, is wins like this help in recruiting. But it also builds a chemistry among my staff that says defensively, you know, we're going to we're going to get after you every week. And I'm, I'm here to tell you the number one team in the country doesn't really do isn't the isn't the best offense in the country, but they darn sure can play the, be the best defense in the country. And that's Georgia. I'm not saying Illinois is nearly at that level and nearly has that many first round picks on the field but they execute as a higher level than anybody else in the big 10 when they're on. And I think they proved that today. Well, and, and I, I just keep thinking back to, you know, the, the second quarter, Illinois got the ball in some, in some tough field position, particularly starting two drives back to back on the, the nine and 10 yard line. They obviously don't have the confidence to pass their way out of that. And it's almost like um, a golfer who, you know, gets a couple bad swings and then they can't get their swing right again. Um, you just wonder with a little bit better field position, would Tony Peterson, you know, would he have kept maybe the, the same type of play calling going? And then once he got into that, we're going to run no matter what the situation seemed like we were stuck in that. I, I don't know. I feel like they, they were really worried about, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I think the, I think the play calling was – first of all, I think coming out of the second half, they got past midfield, and then they play called their way into a punt. And right. that was disappointing exactly. for me because if you make this 20 – if you make this 21 nothing right then and there, the ball game's over. I'm exactly. sorry, but like Tanner Morgan was seeing ghosts out there all day, and he was not going to bring you back from three scores down. Um, you plunge it in there – I was disappointed in that, but I thought they could they could recover from that because they had flipped the field at the very least. I thought they got conservative because they just didn't want a turnover to like completely have this stadium turn on a dime. And now you're suddenly only two scores ahead and the Maryland thing comes back in your head and you're going, oh, good Lord. Like, you know, um, I, I just feel like we talk about complimentary football a lot. And I think that if they had 
they had more weapons that they trust in the past game on the on the perimeter, they would be more aggressive. But right now, I think they know where their bread's buttered, and they're going to try to win football games that way. That does not mean in 2022 they're going to be that way. But right now, they're setting a tone for what they want to be under Brett Bielema. And right now, it that that includes winning the line of scrimmage. I have to tell you guys, like, I understand that Illini fans have gone through generations of Jack Trudeau, Tony East, and Jeff George, even Jason Verdusco and, and Kirk Kittner and Nathan Shieldhouse, and, and they, they, they understand and appreciate the pass game for what it is. Coach Bielema has figured out that Big Ten games, especially in November, even if it's in a balmy 50 degrees here in Minneapolis, it gets one in those, you know, two yards between the, you know, in between the line of scrimmage. And who's going to win? Who's going to win that area of territory? Usually dictates who's going to win a football game. Go watch Ohio State and see how many guys that they blow off the line and make their running backs' lives a hell of a lot easier, and make whoever's throwing for three, four hundred yards at quarterback makes his life a hell of a lot easier. Um, that's where these games are won. That's where they're recruiting toward, and that's where they know their 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 bread is buttered. I think they can get a lot more aggressive than they than they have been. I, I get disappointed in Tony because he he. He tends to play call his way sometimes into punts. And I, I, I don't, I think he gets frustrated by that himself, but I just feel like there's a, there's an idea here that, that Illinois is, is going to win football games three, four or five years down the line with Brett Bielema, you know, doing what they did today. And then the complimentary football is going to come when the, in, in the throw game. And, and, but right now, the complimentary football right now is don't put your defense in a really bad spot because they're 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 propping you up every single week, and I think that that's kind of where this is headed. Okay, and we've got uh, Brad Sturdy has connected back onto the call again, so obviously he's listening, and there's a couple of points that he wants to make. Brad, I just want to ask Matt a question. Um, you, I mean, obviously you just got done you know chatting sure. with uh, Brad. I mean, uh, do you? I, I thought there was a couple plays. I th- I agree with you on the end of the first half. I thought on the uh, – were you surprised that they didn't try and move the chains just enough to get a field goal attempt to make it a three-possession game on the one play? It was third and 17. And instead of just throw, maybe maybe it's a five-yard pass just to get them where they have a chance to make that a three-possession game. Because then, as you said, I think the game's over at that point. I would have you – know, the, the funny part about it, Brad, is that I would have loved the dra- the draw call that they did later in the game. I think it was on like a third and 24 or whatever. I'd have loved that. Now, that's still a run, but I think that they, I think that Minnesota opened up the middle for that. I, I, I didn't love – I mean, it's creative as all hell. Like, But I didn't love the reverse pass with Caleb Griffith. I don't know what that's about. Um, that had no chance of working. Be, because everybody just went and covered number one, <laughs> you know, you know, and, and, and Caleb doesn't have, Caleb's a hell of an athlete, but he doesn't have the ability to go make somebody miss on a, on a reverse run like that. So I don't know what that was about. And then that's what I'm saying. Like they play called their way under that drive into a punt. And I don't understand what that was about. Um, other than, and I, I pointed it out in the game room, Brad, Okay, if you're going into the game plan, Caleb Griffin's never thrown a pass his entire life as a college athlete. So if you're looking at a minute from Minnesota's standpoint, everybody in the secondary goes, well, number five can't throw. And then they go, oh, crap. Yeah, he can. Like, and that was, I think that was what Tony was trying to accomplish. But boy, that's a gamble right there. Um, yeah, same thing as, as, as what I said before, Sturdy. I feel like if they had made it 17 to nothing, this, this game's over. Flat out over. I don't, I mean, 
there was nothing that Minnesota was going to do from a comeback standpoint with Tanner Morgan back there that made you scared at all. And so, yeah, I, I do think Tony wanted to get aggressive coming out of halftime and wanted to get points on the board again early just so he could pin, have the Ryan Walters and the boys on defense pin their ears back and just come after number 12 all, or, or number two all the time, whoever was at quarterback um, all day long. And, and, and But I also understand the idea, Sturdy, of – but we can't get, you know, too cute out here because if we turn it over, boy, we're just not doing our defense any kind of service whatsoever. So I get the mentality both ways. But, yeah, this was a game where I felt like they might have tried to use the the uh, the 14-nothing lead to maybe get a little bit more aggressive. But the back end of that is it could easily be 14-7 just like that. And now you're, now you're screwing over your defense. It's just played their butt off for 60 minutes. I almost feel like so, they have like one – reverse or reverse pass a game that they do just so they can see see we call cool stuff too you know, i swear to god well i don't mean to interrupt you mike but they for all the people that are frustrated with tony peterson and i get it he yeah. did he did something that Illinois fans have been asking for since like the opening week, which is let's throw Isaiah in the wildcat and see what we can do there. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, and that's, that's coming out of the bye week and going, Hey, how do we get number one, the football when we're not throwing the ball all that well? So that means how do we get him the football and how do we keep him engaged in a football game? And so I thought that was really smart and it really kept Minnesota on its toes. And if you notice, like whether it was, Chase or whether it was uh, I think it was Jakari that was getting a touch or two off of that um, or if it was Isaiah just doing the dive they had to bring two safeties back because they know that Isaiah can throw the football physically right. like he can do it not accurately but he can do it um, but like you can't just load the box with 10 when Isaiah is back at quarterback now you can do it with you know I, I don't know Caleb Griffin back there if you want to do that or if you want to hike the ball to chase brown you probably know that they're not going to throw it but you don't 100 know that illinois is not going to throw it if, if isaiah is back there and so i thought it and what it also does guys is that it allows brandon peters to go to the sideline and have brett bielema sit there and talk to him put his arm around him and go okay when this play is over this is what i want you to do and this is what i want you to look for dan mullen used to talk to me about that all the time when he would do that with the wildcat stuff he would bring the quarterback over and say okay when it's second down or it's third down this is what we're going to do and this is what you need to look for and this is what you're going to where your eyes need to be i think there's some benefit there i also want to point out that not only do i think illinois had the best quarterback on the field illinois had the toughest quarterback on the field today and, and for all the the disconcernation about brandon peters and i get it I understand it. Um, I'll, I'll just quote Chase. I'll just quote Chase Brown. He's a tough son of a gun. Like, and I mean, he's already had a concussion on this football field. And I was, I was dead scared that he got another one on that last drive. And then he comes back in and, and for the other 10 guys in the field to see Brandon Peters come back in after taking a shot like that and to have his roommate, Doug Kramer, see him come back in like that. That was huge for this team. And, and, and I, I think that, I think that Brandon continues to understand after that bye week against Wisconsin, I don't have that many more opportunities and I got to make the most of them. And so far against Rutgers and against now against Minnesota, he, he's been pretty proficient in what they've asked him to do. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you the one thing that this line I team did that you won't see much, but I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to read to you a list of how their last um, nine possessions ended. So it was, and of course, your, their first two possessions ended in touchdown, touchdown. 
Sure. And then they ended in punt, 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 half. Mm-hmm. Punt, 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 victory formation. Right. So, so you're, you know, and, and so I have, I, you know, at IlliniGuys.com, we have a, what we call a game room where you can go in there and a bunch of members are in there along with Matt and various Illini guys personnel. And we argue because that's what people, sports fans do during a game. And people are just arguing all the time about, you know, oh, I hate this or I hate that. And, and in the end, uh, Illinois won it 14 to six. And despite all the punt, punt, punts that I read off, uh, they, the final thing was in the uh, partially erotic uh, victory formation that uh, Coach Bielma loves to see. So it is really hard to say, you know, when you see this team that has some glaring talent deficiencies, largely as a thanks to the recruiting mishaps of the prior regime from a coaching standpoint, um, when you see this team going four and six as an opportunity you know, where you could realistically say they could theoretically be eight and two this year. You wonder what this system that may not be as aesthetically pleasing as one might want. um, You can see the potential of this system. And then the other thing that I think that coach Bielma is probably very aware of is I think he does understand the limitations of his quarterbacks and wide receivers. And part of the reason why it is so, 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 mind-numbingly tilted towards running the football is that the risk the risk of uh, the risk management side of him as a coach has decided that with the wide receivers who can't get separation and maybe not the greatest quarterbacks in the world we're not going to pass the ball as much because that might lead to bad things yeah but and then, as, yeah. as I look at it I, I it seems like his formula as much as people want to complain about it it's starting to prove itself Here's my here's my beef with the complaints about the system. And here's look, I understand the argument that I'm about to argue against. Okay, I get it. You know, you probably you do need to have a 250-250 balance. You need to strive right. for that. Everybody does, right? Okay, today was ugly, according to a lot of people, according to the two Illini guys that you had on before me. I got yeah. it. I get it. Fine. I get it. Was it more or less ugly than watching them throw 14 straight incompletions against Wisconsin? Like, I think it was less ugly than that. Yes. Personally, because I think being effective in what you're doing is more aesthetically pleasing than not gaining any yards on 14 straight plays. Like, um, I, I think when they know they get in a situation, like, first of all, this team is, what's, what's really frustrating is that this team's not set up to, like come back from behind that we know, right? I mean, so getting an early lead against a team like Minnesota on the road, taking the entire crowd out of the ball game really early in your first two drives and making it 14, nothing. That's huge for this team. And then basically having it, what you do at that point is, yeah, we're going to run the football because I don't want Minnesota to have more possessions. Like, and so now you're basically you know, you're playing neutral zone trap with your offense and your defense because um, I, I just the, – the idea that this isn't aesthetically pleasing is, is mystifying to me in the sense that, yes, when you lose, there's a lot of complaints about this. This doesn't, this doesn't look entertaining to me. What they did against Wisconsin is not only 
not entertaining, but it's also it should be more frustrating as hell for Illini fans because why are these coaches putting these kids in positions to not succeed? That should have been the I, that should have been the but but when we watch football as fans, we're like, oh well, they're trying to throw and they're trying to entertain me, so I'm not going to kill them for it. Right. Okay, but that's not what Illinois does best right now. Right. That's not what they do best at quarterback. That's not what they do best at wide receiver. And quite frankly, on, 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 on some occasions, it's not what they do best in terms of pass protection. So why are you wanting Illinois right now to do something that they don't do well? Like from, from my standpoint, Mike, it would be like, it would, be, I don't mean to like <laughs> dumb down the argument, but it would be like Illinois fans wanting to see Kofi Coburn shoot threes because that would look cool. And that might entertain me, but yeah, you'd lose and you'd also not score as many points because you'd be wasting possessions. Like I get the argument. I understand it. I do think this team is going to be better in the throw game with better recruiting and better everything, you know, even with Tony Peterson, if he comes back for future years, I think they're going to be better in the throw game. But right now I think they've got a guy who can get five yards of carry and chase Brown and a guy that's proved that he can get over a hundred yards a game and, in uh, Josh McCray when he's healthy and he's still coming out of this flu thing. That's why he didn't get a lot of run today, by the way. Um, but, you know, Illinois just won back-to-back road games against top 25 teams doing exactly what Brett Bielema said he was going to do when he got hired. And so from that standpoint, again, I, I, I think that Illinois fans should be really excited about not only, A, you're going to wake up tomorrow with a team that's still potentially bowl eligible, Yep. I know that Iowa is going to be a huge hill to climb and hell Northwestern is going to be a huge hill to climb based off of this team being completely unpredictable, uh, unpredictable for me and you and all God's children like each week. But um, you're going to wake up with a four and six football team that can still win two games and get to a bowl game after everything that's happened. And, you know, that's pretty mystifying when you look at, what Brett Bielema, oh, I thought Brett Bielema had to work with when he started on August 1st. And um, he's, he's, I don't want to say he's made chicken salad out of chicken, you know what, but on, in some instances, I think he has. And today he coached his way into a victory with, with a less talented roster, especially on offense. And, but what, what he won with was a team that was more physical and just, I mean, I haven't heard PJ's press conference, but he said it after they lost a similar game in this stadium to Bowling Green. They didn't deserve to win the football game today. And I'm sure he said it pretty much a very similar sentiment today of we didn't deserve to win the football game because we didn't play as hard as the team that came in. And I think that getting that kind of effort and getting that kind of defensive execution is a major upgrade when you talk about, you know, the first, you know, what is this now, nine games, uh, 10 games of the Brett Bielema era. I mean, there have been significant step-by-step growth that you're seeing out of this football team. And that's why you're seeing them beat top 25 teams on the road. And that's why I think you're seeing them have one of the better defenses by the end of this year in the big 10. I don't think that that's, I don't think that's a stretch at all. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of college coaches know what, see what's going on. And they probably personally, because I like stories, Mike, Brad, Brad, uh, Brad Bielema is doing a hell of a lot of myth busting on this. Okay. You can't win with 14 points. Yeah, you can. You can't win when you don't throw it for, you know, over for triple digits. Yeah, you can. Um, it, there's a lot of things that Brett Bielema was doing in 2021 that is perceived to be taboo. Gary Patterson just got fired because he wasn't entertaining and he was a defensive centric head coach and he didn't, you know, 
adapt to the modern college football. <laughs> Fred Bielen has now beaten Penn State and Minnesota on the road playing, you know, your grandfather's Big Ten football in 2021. So yeah. there's yeah. a lot of myth busting going on with that big boy in Champaign. And I think that when they get a lot more talent, I think that this thing, this thing could get real scary when you talk about complementary football with the defense that's sticking around and the offensive upgrades that you could potentially see in the next couple of years. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And and so we're going to kind of wrap this this puppy up. And, of course, what we could do, I guess, you know, the Kofi shooting threes is a great example. And, and you know, you and I could also finish this in song. Um, and that would be something that people might find mildly entertaining but wouldn't be very good at all. So we're not going to do that, but that would be an excellent example of how we could turn the podcast into, into like, this is a learning experience for everybody. Um so the last thing, I will correct one thing. I, I had said that Chase ended up with 153 yards. He actually ended up at 148. I apologize for that statistical issue. So, Matt, uh, give us your wrap-up here, and, and we will close this down after a, um, a basically a very um, kind of a nail-biter, but a, a victory from the opening kick all the way to the final gun in the fourth quarter. In a – we're now 10 weeks into the 10 games into this season. And I have no earthly idea what I'm going to see in game 11 and game 12. And that's what, that's the first conclusion I draw with this Illinois football team. And that's kind of nice because I think come November in the Lovey Smith administration, you kind of knew what you were going to see, and yeah. you knew, you don't know what you're going to see with Brett Bielema and it's 18 to 23 year olds at the end of the day, but I will say this. I do think Illinois has an identity. I've said it after the Penn state game. I'll say it again. They have an identity. They run the football and they absolutely physically beat the living bejesus out of you on the off on the line of scrimmage on both the offensive and the defensive side of the ball. They are taking the mentality of their head coach to the football field and winning games against teams that they are what 14, 20 point underdogs going into the, going into the game uh, at, at kickoff. So that says a lot about year one of Brett Bielema. And I think that Illinois fans should be excited about where this program is headed. When you look at how this team is going to recruit and how this team is going to continue to take steps to get better, just like they did today. Um, I mean, they're going, I mean, I heard Ked said it. They're probably going to be a 14 point dog at Iowa in two weeks coming out of a bye. But you know what? If you're an Illini fan, you get to do for like a week and a half. You get to sit on this one for a while. You get yeah. to watch Blake Hayes row the boat and then break the damn oar over his knee for like a week and a half. And I mean, I, I don't know if Illini fans have like still thought about football in November for a long, long time. And you get to still think about Brett Bielema and football and the possibility of finishing six and six and going to a bowl game in November, which short of the miraculous 2019 season of Lovey Smith, that hasn't happened around here in quite a while. Yep. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for that coverage, Matt. Um, we are now going to do a couple pieces of uh, typical work that we we'd like you to listen to. Uh, first off, IlliniGuys.com. That's the number one spot for following the Illini, whether you live in Champaign or Chicago whether you uh, live halfway across the country or halfway across the world, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know on everything Illini. 
Additionally, we would love to have you give us a five-star rating. If you could do that, uh, that would be fantastic for our podcast. It helps us out quite a bit. And finally, go to IlliniGuys.com, drop down, hit the radio tab, and that tab will show you where you can listen to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. It is a weekly two-hour sports extravaganza radio show that you can hear across the state of Illinois on 25 different stations. Um, And you can see what stations carry it and what time they play it. And you can tune in. And if you enjoy it, call that radio station up and let them know that, hey, keep my Illini Guys Sports Spectacular on the air because I enjoy it. If you can't listen to it live, you can also check out the podcast that we release at noon on Saturday once the uh, show has been broadcast across the state. And with that, I will thank you very much for all the time you've spent with us. It was a, a very exciting victory today, and we are very much hoping that in two weeks we can have the Illini pull off the unprecedented three road victories over top 20 teams. That would be fantastic. So with that, I'm Mike Kegley. Thank you for listening to us. And I-L-L-I-N-I out to everybody. Thanks.